Chapter Six of Russian Fairy Tales by William Ralston Shedd and Ralston. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Davidson. Legends about Saints, Part Two. We may take next the legends current among the peasantry about various saints. Of these, the story of the prophet Elijah and Saint Nicholas will serve as a good specimen but in order to render it intelligible, a few words about Ilya the prophet, as Elijah is styled in Russia, may as well be prefixed. It is well known that in the days of heathenism the Slavonians worshipped a thunder-god Perun, who occupied in their mythological system the place in which the Teutonic was assigned to a Donar or a Thor. He was believed, if traditions may be relied upon, to sway the elements, often driving across the sky in a flaming car, and launching the shafts of the lightning and his demon foes. His name is still preserved by the western and southern Slavonians in many local phrases, especially in imprecations. But with the introduction of Christianity into the Slavonic lands, all this worship of his divinity came to an end. Then took place, as had occurred before in other countries, the merging of numerous portions of the old faith in the new, the transferring of many attributes of the old gods to the sacred personages of the new religion. During this period of transition, the ideas which were formerly associated with the person of Perun, the thunder-god, became attached to that of the prophet Ilya, or Elijah. One of the causes which conduced this result may have been, if Perun really was considered in old times, as he is said to have been, the lord of the harvest, that the day consecrated by the church to Elijah, July 20th, occurs in the beginning of the harvest season, and therefore the peasants naturally connected their new saint with their old deity. But with more certainty may it be accepted that the leading cause was a similarity which appeared to the recent converts to prevail between their dethroned thunder-god and the prophet who was connected with drought and with rain, whose enemies were consumed by fire from on high, and on whom waited a chariot of fire and horses of fire when he was caught up by a whirlwind into heaven. And so at the present day, according to Russian tradition, the prophet Ilya thunders across the sky in a flaming car and smites the clouds with the darts of the lightning. In the Vladimir government he is said to destroy devils with stone arrows, weapons corresponding to the hammer of Thor and the lance of Indra. On his day the peasants everywhere expect thunder and rain, and in some places they set out rye and oats on their gates, and ask their clergy to laud the name of Ilya, that he may bless their cornfields with plenteousness. There are districts also in which the people go to church in a body on Ilya's day, and after the service is over they kill and roast a beast, which has been purchased at the expense of the community. The flesh is cut up into small pieces and sold, the money paid for it going to the church. To stay away from this ceremony, or not to purchase a piece of the meat, would be considered a great sin. To mow or make hay on that day would be to incur a terrible risk, for Ilya might smite the field with the thunder, or burn up the crop with the lightning. 
In the old Novgorod there used to be two churches, the one dedicated to Ilya the Wet, the other to Ilya the Dry. To these a cross-bearing procession was made when a change in the weather was desired, to the former in times of drought, to the latter when injury was being done to the crops by rain. Diseases being considered to be evil spirits, invalids used to pray to the thunder-god for relief, and so at the present day a zagovor, or spell against the Siberian cattle plague, entreats the holy prophet of God, Ilya, to send thirty angels in golden array with bows and arrows to destroy it. The Servians say that at the division of the world Ilya received the thunder and lightning as his share, and that the crash and blaze of the storm are signs of his contest with the devil. Wherefore the faithful ought not to cross themselves when the thunder peals, lest the evil one should take refuge from the heavenly weapons behind the protecting cross. The Bulgarians say that forked lightning is the lance of Ilya who is chasing the Lamia fiend. Summer lightning is due to the sheen of that lance or to the fire issuing from the nostrils of his celestial steeds. The white clouds of summer are named by them his heavenly sheep, and they say that he compels the spirits of dead gypsies to form pellets of snow by men styled hail, with which he scourges in summer the fields of sinners. Such are a few of the ideas connected by Slavonian tradition with the person of the prophet Elijah or Ilya. To St. Nicholas, who has succeeded to the place occupied by an ancient ruler of the waters, a milder character is attributed than to Ilya, the thunder-god's successor. As Ilya is the counterpart of Thor, so does Nicholas in some respects resemble Odin, the special characteristics of the saint and the prophet are fairly contrasted in the following story. Elijah the Prophet and Nicholas A long while ago there lived a mujik. Nicholas's day he always kept holy, but Elijah's not a bit. He would even work upon it. In honor of St. Nicholas he would have a taper lighted and a service performed, but about Elijah, the prophet, he forgot so much as to think. Well, it happened one day that Elijah and Nicholas were walking over the land belonging to this mujik, and as they walked they looked in the cornfields, the green blades were growing up so splendidly that it did one's heart good to look at them. "'Here'll be a good harvest, a right good harvest,' says Nicholas. "'And the mujik, too, is a good fellow, sure enough, both honest and pious,' one who remembers God and thinks about the saints, it will fall into good hands. "'We'll see by and by whether much will fall into his share,' answered Elijah. "'When I burnt up all his land with lightning and beaten it all flat with hail, then this mujik of yours will know what's right and will learn to keep Elijah's day holy.' Well, they wrangled and wrangled. Then they parted asunder. St. Nicholas went off straight to the mujik and said, sell all your corn at once just as it stands to the priest of elijah if you don't nothing will be left of it it will all be beaten flat by hail off rushed the mujik to the priest won't your reverence buy some standing corn i'll sell my whole crop i'm in such pressing need of money just now it's a case of pay up with me buy it father i'll sell it cheap they bargained and bargained and came to an agreement the mujik got his money and went home 
Some little time passed by. There gathered together. There came rolling up a storm cloud. With terrible raining and hailing did it empty itself over the mujik's cornfields, cutting down all the crop as if with a knife. Not even a single blade did it leave standing. The next day Elijah and Nicholas walked past, says Elijah. Only see how I have devastated the mujik's cornfield. The mujik's? No, brother. Devastated it you have splendidly. Only that field belongs to the Elijah priest, not to the mujik. To the priest? How's that? Why, this way. The mujik sold it last week to the Elijah priest, and got all the money for it. So, methinks, the priest may whistle for his money. Stop a bit, said Elijah. I'll set the field all right again. It shall be twice as good as it was before. They finished talking, and went each his own way. St. Nicholas returned to the mujik and said, Go to the priest, and buy back your crop. You won't lose anything by it. The mujik went to the priest, and made his bow, and said, I see, your reverence, God has sent you a misfortune. The hail has beaten the whole field so flat you might roll a ball over it. Since things are so, let's go halves in the loss. I'll take my field back, and here's half your money for you to relieve your distress. The priest was rejoiced, and they immediately struck hands on the bargain. Meanwhile, goodness knows how, the mujik's ground began to get all right. From the old roots shot forth new tender stems, rain-clouds came sailing exactly over the cornfield and gave the soil to drink. There sprang up a marvelous crop, thick and tall. As to weeds, there positively was not one to be seen and the ears grew fuller and fuller till they were fairly bent right down to the ground. Then the dear sun glowed, and the rye grew ripe, like so much gold did it stand in the fields. Many a sheaf did the mujik gather, many a heap of sheaves did he set up, and now he was beginning to carry the crop and to gather it together into ricks. At that very time Elijah and Nicholas came walking by again, joyfully did the prophet gaze over all the land and say only look nicholas what a blessing why i have rewarded the priest in such wise that he will never forget it all his life the priest no brother the blessing indeed is great but this land you see belongs to the mujik the priest hasn't got anything whatsoever to do with it what are you talking about it's perfectly true when the hail beat all the cornfield flat the mujik went to the priest and bought it back again at half price "'Stop a bit,' said Elijah. "'I'll take the profit out of the corn. "'However many sheaves the mujik may lay on the threshing floor, "'he shall never thresh out of them more than a peck at a time.' "'A bad piece of work,' thinks St. Nicholas. "'Off he went at once to the mujik. "'Mind,' says he, "'when you begin threshing your corn, "'never put more than one sheaf at a time on the threshing floor.' "'The mujik began to thresh. "'From every sheaf he got a peck of grain.' All his bins, all his storehouse, he crammed with rye, but still much remained over. So he built himself new barns, and filled them as full as they could hold. Well, one day Elijah and Nicholas came walking past his homestead, and the prophet began looking here and there, and said, Do you see what barns he's built? Has he got anything to put in them? They're quite full already, answers Nicholas. Why, wherever did the mujik get such a lot of grain? Bless me! Why, every one of his sheaves gave him a peck of grain. When he began to thresh, he never put more than one sheaf at a time on the threshing floor. Ah, brother Nicholas, said Elijah, guessing the truth, it is you who go and tell the mujik everything. What an idea that I should go and tell! 
"'As you please, that's your doing, but the moujik shan't forget me in a hurry.' "'Why, what are you going to do to him?' "'What I shall do, that I won't tell you,' replies Elijah. "'There's a great danger coming,' thinks St. Nicholas, and he goes to the moujik again and says, "'Buy two tapers, a big one and a little one, and do thus and thus with them.' Well. Next day, the prophet Elijah and St. Nicholas were walking along together in the guise of wayfarers, and they met the moujik who was carrying two wax tapers, one a big rouble one and the other a tiny kopeck one. "'Where are you going, moujik?' asked St. Nicholas. "'Well, I'm going to offer a rouble taper to prophet Elijah. He's been ever so good to me. When my crops were ruined by the hail, he bestirred himself like anything, and gave me a plentiful harvest, twice as good as the other would have been. And the kopeck taper, what's that for? Well, that's for Nicholas, said the peasant, and passed on. There now, Elijah, says Nicholas, you say I go and tell everything to the moujik. Surely you can see for yourself how much truth there is in that. Thereupon the matter ended. Elijah was appeased, and didn't threaten to hurt the moujik any more, and the moujik led a prosperous life, and from that time forward he held in equal honor Elijah's day and Nicholas's day. End of Part 2 Recording by Kevin Davidson www.blogordie.com